Twilight Zone World. We're back. After a long hiatus. Thanks for your patience. We're going to keep it rolling on a monthly schedule from here on out. My guest this week is Vel. He's one of my absolute favorite musicians I've crossed paths with in my touring. And someone that I think should be discussed and listened to way more often. So check out this tight over-the-phone interview that we did and stay tuned for a track of his that we're going to play at the end. One quick update in the world of height. Uh, Starting about a week and a half from now, my label, Cold Rhymes, which has long been just like the de facto name on the back of my CDs, is going to become a real label that puts out things other than my own albums. And that's going to start very, very soon. So look out for new music coming your way. The artwork this week is by Mike Riley. I used to tell you to check out MikeRileyComics.com. Now look for I Taste Sound. That's what it is on Facebook, Instagram, everything. As always, we're being hosted by Splice Today. Check them out at splicetoday.com. And once more, I do just want to say thank you guys for sticking around and tuning back in. Let's Let's go. go. You know, I I really like Cleveland. I've got a lot of fond memories growing up there. Uh, The particular neighborhood I'm from is predominantly black because it was Mm -hmm. transitioning you know, used to be a Jewish neighborhood. And then, you know, through the 70s and 80s, neighborhoods changed. And, uh, you know, it got a little bit darker, you know. But there were still white people in the neighborhood, still Puerto Ricans and stuff. You know, and, like, uh, we all got along. And uh, especially later on, they started busting the kids. To, you know, the other side of town, desegregation, that's what it was. And so it was a good cultural exchange, you know. The white kids introduced us to metal, and we introduced the white kids to rap and breakdancing. So, like, what was the early rap that that you were into from back then? God, you know, you, I'm, I'm going to throw some familiar names at you, but yeah, back then there wasn't a ton of rap like it is now, you know. Right. So, we, you know, we were in a Run DMC Bad Boys, Beastie Boys, any almost anything that was rap was cool, you know, because you didn't have a whole lot of it, you know. Right. You, you know, and, like, it was that transition period between, like, where Rick James and stuff was the hottest thing, you know, and, you know, Prince was blowing up real big. Then in the underground, you had us kids, like, getting into rap, our parents didn't know what the hell it was. It was like, that ain't music. What is that? They're just talking over a beat. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. And as far as the metal, so when the metal influence came in, what what were the big groups for you? You know, I got, I got into metal, but it took me a minute, man. It was a little culture shock. You know, uh, yeah. I got to be honest, man, when the white kids started getting bust over our side of town, we thought they was devil worshippers. 
Because <laughs> they right. they had on Iron Maiden shirts and Motley Crue sounded the devil with the pentagrams on it. And we was like, oh, what is this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, we all got along and stuff. And uh, some of the metal stuff I got into was like, you know, Quiet Riot, um, early Motley Crue, you know, some of the what was considered hard back then, you know. Then later on, I got into, like, you know, Metallica and, you know, Black Sabbath and, you know, stuff like that. Megadeth, you know. Like, when did you start playing music yourself? I started uh, in high school. I was a clarinet player at first. Okay. So I I learned to read music and everything. And, um, you know, I sucked at it at first, but I, I stuck with it. And played all through high school. To this day, I still know treble clef. And um, <laughs> eventually, I wanted to join the jazz band. And, and uh, I wanted to play the saxophone. That wasn't an option. <laughs> because uh, that position was already taken up. Yeah. But they said, well, we do need a bass player. And I didn't know anything about bass. But uh, I wanted to be a jazz band so bad, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, wow. And so, yeah, so, like, uh, I kind of got thrown into the bass position, and, you know, years later, I'm still doing it, you know? Were you playing upright or electric back then? Electric. Oh, yeah. yeah. And believe me, I, I sucked. <laughs> <Back then. laughs> it like, you know... I was good enough to do basic stuff and to play the root note changes that they needed. But beyond that, man, I, you know, but I started listening, you know, Jocko, Pastorius, Stanley Clark, the old Motown records. Um, Some of them, uh, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath bass lines really helped me to learn too, you know? I I actually remember that because I, I played, bass and jazz band as well <laughs> like i i remember like we would play like earth wind and fire or something and like i would have no idea that the bass lines were so like rich and complex mm-hmm. and i never would have even noticed them if i had just been like playing in like a punk band or something you, like, I never would have even noticed that like bass could even be like that you know right right it was a real uh, a learning experience because you never think of I mean bass is almost like a you don't know what's there until right. it's not there and then you're right. like what happened <laughs> <You know? laughs> something doesn't sound right <laughs> you know yeah so did you start to have this idea back then of like you would write your own music or did that did that come later? Uh that came later. I had no idea. When I started out, I just wanted to be a badass clarinet player. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like get in some kind of bebop band and make a lot of money, you know. Yeah. And, uh the bass thing, you know, I got to you know, I got to play stuff with bass that, you know, I was more into being a teenager, you know, you, 
you could play some funk and some metal if you wanted. And uh, as far as writing my own songs go, um, because of the rap background I had before I started playing music, um, I was really always into lyrics and stuff. You know, yeah. so like uh, as far as songwriting went, I would um, couple whatever I was doing musically and try to add some kind of clever lyrics to it, you know. And they weren't always good, but it was always interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, like, w- when did you get to this point where you had, you know, you had your own set of songs and were playing live? You know, when one of the bands I was in, we broke up, and I didn't have no band. All I had was a bass. Yeah. And so I was like, well, let me get a four-track. And let me get a drum machine. Yeah, and I can write some songs. And that's kind of how it started, you know. And I let people hear my little songs, and, you know, eventually somebody would join here and join there and play on a track. And um, eventually a band got started, you know. Then, then I moved away for a little bit, and that kind of broke the band up. To Kansas City? Uh, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I came back to Ohio and started doing the solo thing, it's, which is the period when I started meeting cats like you and, um, you know, Paul from Pittsburgh, uh, Weird Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, um, you know, I was just doing it solo then. You know, by then I had known how to set up a drum machine and play live and with pre-recorded tracks. Well, on the like Meow Fool CD, that that was your first album, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's is that you playing everything? Yeah, I played all the tracks on that, and um, I recorded it myself. <laughs> and on some songs, you can tell because there's so some so, some recordings on that CD are better than others. You know, right, yeah, right, this, this, right. There's a few songs I listen to and I cringe because I'm like, I can record that so much better now, you know. But I mean, every every song on that album is so good. Like, so oh, thank you, man. I was thinking last night about getting to play with you for the first time and getting a copy of that album. And like, my general impression was this it was like, I came in and, and you know, I see you setting up and I'm like, Okay, this guy does like funny songs. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm into that and I'm like, yeah, I'm down for some funny stuff. And then I just felt like moved by the music in a way I I didn't expect at all. Oh wow, you know? thanks, man. And I guess I guess I was wondering like where did that come from? Like like one of my favorite songs is Fear of the Letter M, which like Oh yeah. <laughs> which I I I like to try to work that into this episode, play it at the end or something. But um, like, there's parts of it that make me want to like start crying or something. Like the, the you know these like pretty switch ups that happen and like like was that a concept you had of like it's going to wow. be this kind of like multi layered thing or or is that just kind of like the way it happened? Funny you should ask <laughs> because uh, 
that's one of the not so funny songs on the album, you know. Yeah. Um it's kind of dark, you know. And uh I remember uh when I wrote that, it was after a breakup. You know, okay. with a girl that I was really into. Yeah. And uh I won't go into the details, but you know, it, it was kind of depressing, you know. And that was my way of like getting it out of my system. Mm. Now, the the song wasn't about her. You know, when you listen to the lyrics, it's just, you know, like some abstract, dark poetry, you know? Right. So the song, I, I generally don't write about girls anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like, not that I'm not into girls, but like, I figure why immortalize a specific woman in a song, you know? Yeah. When Hall and Oates wrote Sarah Smile, you know, they broke they broke up after that song, but it's kind of like a tattoo, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But right. Uh, anyways, uh, but the emotion, the music, the melodies, the beats, it was kind of inspired by that pain, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely feel it, you know? Yeah, it was my way of just, like, wailing in a way, you know? Right, right. So my, I don't know if this is a weird question, but did the did the idea for, like, these, like, humorous concepts happen first? Or did, was it just, like, I want to write some good music? I'm kind of a musician first, you know. I like yeah. I like a fat beat, a good riff, tight bass line, you know. So like, you know, I'll t- usually the music will come first, and then I'm like, okay, what's this song gonna be about? Right. And um, you know, I had my feel of writing about stuff that pissed me off, you know, especially back in my metal phase. You know, I'm gonna sing about destruction and this, this, and that. I kind of outgrew that. And so, you know, like, if something cracks me up, I might write about it, you know? It's like when Penguins attack, you know, like, uh, I was just like, did them Penguins ever get paid for that movie, March of the Penguins? (laughs) Right, right, right. And I was like, what if they pissed off that they didn't make no money? Yeah. And that's that's where the concept for the song came from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just something <laughs> silly like that, you know. I always thought it was interesting that you you stick to those things like so hard. Like you were saying like fear of the letter M is a little more abstract lyrically, but like you're one of the few artists I know that I could tell you exactly what every song is about. At least on one level. Yeah, thank thank you, man. I try not to um, be too obscure with it. And that, that's probably from my rap background, you know. It's, uh, you know, in rap music, you kind of got to be specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, people ain't going to feel it, you know. And and even worse, I might not feel it if I don't know what I'm talking about, if I'm just like <laughs> going to the abstract, you know. It's like... But, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a place for that. Right. And, uh, you know, 
but uh, and some groups do it really well, you know. Uh, Radiohead, The Cure, you know, there's a lot of bands. I don't know what they're talking about, but I love the music, you know. Right, right, right. It's just, I don't think I could operate in that area that well, you know what I mean? That That's interesting, because I do think there is, in, in my personal opinion, I... I do think there is a lot of rock music where, like, the lyrics could just be anything. Not to diss them or whatever, but, like, say, like, Coldplay. Yeah. They could change the words to some other words, and, like, it would be the same almost. Mm-hmm. I do think it is harder to write a song that has a concept that's original that you can stand behind. Yeah, something you could sink your teeth into, you know? It's like... Yeah. Uh, like the first track, Molly Ringwald, uh, people ask me what it's about. It's not her. Right, it's right, in the right. title, Molly Ringwald. It's about her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. it, it don't take uh, rocket scientists, you know? And how was that first album received? Oh, you know, it was received a lot better than um, what I thought. I wish I could have marketed it better, but you know, I'm a uh, I'm a man of slender means, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and you, you need money to like really. No matter how good it is, you need money, or you got to be able to tour constantly to promote it. Now I wasn't able to do that, but the people who have heard it really, really dig it, you know, and yeah. that, that surprised me. Because I was like, man, I'm singing about cats and penguins and, you know, ain't nobody going to like this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, like, you know, people did, man. So, you know, that made me feel good, you know. And so I guess you're saying it was after that release that you went to New York for a while? Uh, no, I was in uh, New York before that. Oh, I see. And was that to do music as well or just like a unrelated uh yeah it was totally unrelated i wanted to do um more music than i did in new york yeah but i was too busy trying to like not be homeless you know (laughs) one day i'll write a song about my experience in new york because i was homeless with my cats you know oh wow for like two weeks and then i found a place in brooklyn how did you get around with the cats uh, very carefully. <laughs> uh, I like, uh, I just had them with me. You know, I had, um, I had a big cage and I had a week long Metro pass. So anywhere I needed to go, you know, I just got on the trains yeah. with my cats with me. And, um, one thing I got a lot of attention from a lot of fine ladies you know, with my cats, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot of, you get a lot of positive attention, man. And, <laughs> you know, people coming up to you and stuff. And so, you know, that was cool. It didn't make me feel so pathetic, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, I didn't bump for money, you know? I I just um, kind of got around where I could and, like, you know, slept where I could. And eventually I you know, found a place. But anyways, that's another story, you know? Yeah. So after the first album, like, I was trying to, like, 
straighten up my Vel discography because you gave me, I think, two more CDs after that. Like, is there is there three albums altogether? There's not a third album. I never put anything out officially. Okay. Um, after that, but there is like a collection of songs that that aren't off now. Food. I have enough to put another one out. It's just um, the logistics I'm trying to figure out, like you know um, how to package it, right? Get them pressed up, where to send it to, stuff like that, you know. So, and I'm overdue for it, yeah. So the the stuff like the Dora the Explorer track and all that that stuff never officially came out. No, no, not officially. Oh. Which I'm kind of glad because I can do a better job with that. I need to re-record that. Oh sure, sure. But no, I I liked all those songs. Oh thanks, man. But yeah, you got um only eight crayons. I don't know if you yeah. have that song or not. Yeah. yeah. That's not on Yahoo, and it never officially came out. But you know, I did find it on uh, on Bandcamp through. Um, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, like a like a compilation that like a compilation of Ohio bands or something like that. Oh wow! I didn't even know I was on that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they asked for your permission. Yeah, you know, no, it's all good. I'm I'm glad they put it on there. Was it just kind of like you were starting to, or, you know, like we all do, you were just like struggling to be like, how do I put this out in a legitimate way or something? Yeah, yeah, you know, as silly as the songs are, I wanted to be taken seriously as a musician and artist. And, you know, I didn't want it, people to think it was just like a, a joke band or, you know what I mean? Right, right. It's, uh, you know, when you perform, you know, I see you perform and people feel it when you do your thing. And I think you have the same philosophy I do. If, if you don't see heads bobbing in the audience and feet tapping, you feel like you ain't doing your job right. Right, right. Yeah, that's the way I, I take it, man. I'm like, it's uh, it's got to move the crowd, you know. Oh, at the same time, you don't want to write simply to please the crowd. Then, then, then that's fake, man. But yeah. you know, if you come, if you come from the heart and the soul, people are bound to feel what you're doing. How how long has it been like you've been linking up with this new band? Oh, wow. It's been like uh, about a year and a half now. Okay. And, uh, you know, they're really, really good. I've been blessed to find people who play guitar much better than I do. And uh, the drummer's good. And, um, yeah, it's working out, you know. You know, um, I want to – we just played in Pittsburgh this past May. And uh, they really dug it. And basically, I want us to get busy and start playing more shows because I think we have the potential to really do something big. Absolutely. We already recorded a demo of um, a few tracks, you know. 
the the including the penguin song that's on Meow Fu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a band with everybody playing on that. It sounds very different <laughs> from the CD, you know, but um, it, it's still tight, though. Well, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to mention? When are you coming back to Ohio? Uh, probably in August. August? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to be doing any shows locally? Where are you at? Yeah, man, we gotta get we gotta get you down here, man. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe in the spring or something. Definitely stay in touch with me, man. That would be awesome, man. <laughs> hey, man, it's it's been a pleasure, dude. Show.